And uh, I love this, uh, really just the thrust of this entire series. Today we're going to start, it's not necessarily a two-part lesson, but next week's lesson falls along the same lines. And today we're going to talk about exposing the dangers of media. And uh, of course, yes, sir. 27 years. Did you take your, did you get your calculator out or something? <laughs> oh, you know, they call that some timers, right? That's one step away from Alzheimer's, all right? <laughs> all right, 27. Well, you're, you're catching up to me, brother. You just keep working at it. <laughs> So, we're, you know, we, we realize that we're living in a day that uh, media is something that, that is, it's, it's there, it's so much a part of life. Uh, a lot of times I catch even myself, and I, I don't use media the way most people do, and I'm not here to, to really uh, hammer, per se, on if you use it or you don't use it. Uh, I think that just like money, I mean, it's, money's not evil, it's the love of it. And I find myself sometimes going to check uh, my, my emails, uh, check, check uh, maybe a Twitter account or something like that. And what I've got to do, just like all of us, is we've got to get back to the Bible and make sure that we're keeping the Lord first. And, and this is so important. Now, again, there, there are some good uses and things when it comes to media, but I want you to look in, in Ephesians chapter number five this morning, beginning in verse number eight. And uh, it's amazing how God just orchestrates everything. When I, when I looked at this passage one last time this morning before you showed up, uh, it, it ties right into my morning message, and uh, I don't think that's any accident how God just uh, brings things together. But here we are in Ephesians 5, verse 8. Notice the wording here now. Paul writes here, "...for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light." For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now notice those words, goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, not only to do them, but even to speak of them. And notice the next verse. It says here, but all things that are reproved are made manifest or brought to light by the light for whatsoever, uh, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now here's the admonition, verse 15. See then, in other words, having, having shared that about the darkness and the light and how we should live our lives, it says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And again, that word there almost talks like one who is a tightrope walker, that is making sure that they're very careful about how they're walking, how they're conducting themselves, how they're living their lives. In other words, being aware of the evils and the dangers that are out there. Today, we're talking about that of media. Now, when I look into, and I could give you a ton of statistics, I'll try to limit it today, but here's some things that I found as I was studying and preparing 
and to me it's amazing when you look at this, the typical teenager spends 11 and a half hours a day connected to some form of media. 11 and a half hours a day. Now we know they sleep for about 16, so that means the whole rest of the day that they're on media of some form. Now another thing that I found is, listen to this, 78% of 12 to 17 year olds have their own cell phones. Now that's not uncommon in this day and hour. Uh, it, you know, 78%. The truth is, I, I wondered if that isn't even a higher statistic, but here's what got me is, is that on the average, children from 12 to 17 years of age, on the average, have over 3,000 texts a month. 3,000. I mean, that's a lot. And I, these kids, it, they're amazing how, how they, can, they can just text like this. They're not even looking. It's in their pocket, and they're texting. I've talked to teachers who have said these kids don't even take their phones out. It's in their pocket, and they're going to town. It's over 3,000 texts a month. <clears throat> and then it drops down. Listen to this. Children zero to five years of age. Now, we're talking very little kids. <laughs> who use the internet, that 80% of them from zero to five years of age use it at least once a week. From zero to five years, they use the internet at least once a week. That's amazing to me. So what, what, what am I showing you with these statistics? And here's what got me was, what it is, is it's an unbridled use of technology. Oftentimes, just allowing children. I said last week, and I, I look, you call me old-fashioned all you want. I don't think a, ch a child, I don't care what age they are, I don't think they should have their cell phone in their bedroom after it's time to go to bed. I think their cell phone should stay on your dresser, and I think that in the morning when they get up, if you want to give it to them, that's fine. But I, I think that there's this unbridled use of technology, and I think that to a large extent, it's been very harmful to our children. I think that children are just going crazy. Now, here's something that got me. How many of you heard the name Steve Jobs? What company? Apple, right? Now, you, you think about Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs has children. And I was reading this week because I thought, okay, I wonder how Steve Jobs handles technology, media, when it comes to his own children. He's the founder of Apple. And here's what I found is, is that he limits his children to technology use. At the dinner table, Steve Jobs makes his children, they can't bring their phones to the dinner table. And at the dinner table, guess what he ta talks about with them? He talks about what happened during the day. He talks to them about books that either he's read or books that maybe he's asked them to read. I mean, he sits down and discusses history with his children he actually has something called discussions with his children. They talk to each other. I go out to eat. I don't go out to eat that much, but a lot of times here's what I see is I'll, if, if I see a family, here's what I see is it's not just the children. Every member of the family has their phone out, and every member of their family is, is checking media, texting, and, and I'm thinking, why even go out? And enjoy a meal. You can't enjoy a meal like that. And uh, Brother Kenny and Miss Becky, when I first came here, they when they have teen activities, they make all their teenagers pile up their cell phones in the middle of the table. They can't have them during the activities. And I thought that's good. 
you know. Uh, right now, my cell phone, I, I thought about bringing it in here to illustrate a few things this morning. My cell phone's on my desk in my office. A lot of times I don't carry it in for church services. If I bring my phone in, it might be because maybe we have a special speaker, we have a singing group, something like that, and I like to take maybe a picture that I could post. And a lot of times I use media so that uh, people can see this is, this is a missionary that was with us today. You know, this is what was going on. Sorry, Brother Walter, I didn't know you was going to be here, so I had already walked out. But a lot of times I, I, I won't have my cell phone. Because here's the thing is, anybody that knows me, they should know where I'm at this time of the day on a Sunday. You know, I had a realtor one time that just kept kind of bugging me, peppering me about, you know, wanting me to do this, do that. And, and finally, about 2 o'clock on Sunday, we sent a communication back and we got the thing back from the realtor, you know, I've been trying to reach you. Yeah. Remember, I told you what my profession was. I'm a preacher. Preachers are in church on Sunday, you know. And even if I wasn't a preacher, guess where I'd be on Sunday? I'd be in church. And so I think about technology and I think about how so many people have become addicted to their devices and how harmful some of the content is. I mean, listen, folks, the day where, I mean, because of all the devices, pornography is just running rampant because it's so easily accessible. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to take the time, but I mean, you, I read a couple stories. I read this story this week about this girl who had a boy that she liked and she wanted the boy to like her. And so she took some provocative pictures of herself. And by the way, what, this is what I'm about to tell you that happens all the time. She sent these pictures to her, her boyfriend thinking that it would cause him to like her more. And as a result, those pictures, she thought, hey, listen, I'll just delete them off of my computer. You know, you put it out on the World Wide Web, you can't ever get it back. And what happened was someone who was smart enough found those photos and made them really public, and it ruined this girl's life, it ruined her reputation, and she's still living with the scars of it to this very day because of something she did on media. Folks, we have to realize there's a footprint, there's something that's left when you post something or when you go on media. You know, a lot of years ago, I, re I remember be being in the ministry that we had some pastors who told us because we were at a Bible college, we had students graduating from Bible college wanting to go out into ministry. And we would tell these kids, be careful about what you do on, on the media, on technology. But a lot of times they don't listen. They think, hey, it's my computer, nobody will know. Well, if nobody knows, there is someone that always does know. And so what they do is they'll, they'll do these things. We had a pastor call us back. He was going to hire one of our graduates, and that graduate was engaged to be married. As soon as he was going to graduate in a couple months, his fiance and him were going to get married, and they, they already had a place they were going to go serve the Lord. Here's what happened. His fiance posted some pictures and put them up on, the, on, her, on either his or her Facebook wall, well, nowadays, what most pastors do is if they want to get to know somebody, they just check out their social media. They went and checked out the social media. They called our ministry back and said, hey, listen, that, that man that I was going to hire, I'm not going to hire him now. And my pastor said, what happened? What's, can, can you tell me what happened? And when the pastor relayed what happened, of course, then they called that young man in the office and said, you're a fool. You were not walking circumspectly. Uh, you, you should have been smarter. You know, and of course, he said, I didn't put it there. She did. He's like, 
you're planning on marrying her. Uh, you're the one that's responsible. We have to understand the dangers of technology and expose some of those dangers. We need to be aware of this, how it's, it's ruining the lives of children. So how as Christian parents can we help our children, or really some of us, listen, how we can educate ourselves uh, from this media monster that's out there. Uh, look, understand that technology is something that in this day and hour is useful, but what our kids need to understand is that more than technology, they need God's Word. Because God's Word is eternal truths. God's Word is what changes lives. So as Christian parents, we want to look at some biblical principles and we want to help our children to apply these principles to their lives. But listen, I'm going to take it right back to us. We have got to be making sure that we're applying these principles to our own lives first. If we're going to try to help our children. Look at Ephesians 5. Look what it says here. Again, you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And the Bible says here, walk as children of light. If your children are saved, and I hope they are. But if your children are saved, then help them understand that because they are a child of God, they are children of light, they're not children of darkness. That's who they were before they got saved. And so they, don't, they need to understand how they need to behave themselves, listen, behave themselves online and behave themselves offline. In other words, in every area of our lives, we have got to behave ourselves well, what's some things we can do to expose some of the dangers? Notice, number one, the Bible says that we need to prove some things. Prove some things. Look at verse number 10. Proving what is acceptable unto your parents. Is that what that verse says? Proving what is acceptable unto who? Unto the Lord. See, look, in all our ways pleasing the Lord. So what we want to do is prove. Now, the word prove here means to test it, to try it. Uh, I don't really care for it, but I think it, it, it carries a good understanding. Is Remember years ago when they came out with the WWJD? Anybody know what it means? What would Jesus do? You know, so what he says is try it, test it, prove it. And that's one thing that we need to do is we need to, the word here proving deals with the matter of like where they would have metals like silver or gold or something and they would test those metals to see how genuine they were if they were the real thing i mean all of us have seen fake metals right and and they pass themselves off as this is genuine gold but it's only got a smidget of gold in it it's not the real thing and he says here one thing we can do when it comes to media is we need to prove it. We need to test every area, make sure that we determine what we are involved in is pleasing to the Lord. Look, I, I know all of us, even though we're adults, how many of you remember being in school, remember taking a test? Any of you as adults had to take some, some tests in school? stuff? So I know some of you are furthering your education or maybe work, things like that. How many of you love tests? Any sickos got their hands up? That's what I thought. Why don't we like tests? Yeah, because you can fail. Because the reality is, is that you don't really know what you should know. But you know, as, as an instructor for many years, here's what I found is, the only way that I can really gauge if learning is taking place is to give a test. And that's the way I prove, not only to the students, but to myself, 
okay, is learning taking place? Do they really understand? And that's what the Bible says here. We need to test some things. Well, how do we do it? Here's the first thing is help your children that we need to understand that we need to test by the Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of Himself whatsoever. He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, He shall, uh, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. So one thing that we need to do is make sure that we understand that God's Holy Spirit lives in us, right? Remember the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He dwells in us. And so your children need to understand that if they're saved and the Holy Spirit lives within them, and, and again, there ought to be this testing. Christian parents need to heed the caution from the Holy Spirit. There have been times when I was parenting where the Holy Spirit impressed upon me, your children really shouldn't have that. Your children really should. Look, it was a no-brainer for me. I, I didn't have to ask the Holy Spirit. I'm not try, trying to say I'm, I don't need the Holy Spirit, but I didn't have to ask the Holy Spirit if my children need the game Ouija. I didn't have to ask the Holy Spirit that because I knew. But there's a lot of things out there that, that the devil just kind of paints it as something innocent, nothing wrong with it. But listen, if the Holy Spirit impresses upon you that your children really shouldn't have that, then what you need to say is, okay, then my children are not going to have that. Now, your children may not understand, so what do you need to do? You need to help them understand. Because what does the Bible say? It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. See, spiritual Christians need to be discerning in all areas of life, especially when it comes to the areas of social media. I know it's not a popular word to use with your children, but it's okay for a parent to say, no. Let's practice that. No. See, you all can't say it. Now, I listen, God gave me four daughters. And I, listen, I can, they come up to me. And now, Tim, I know your boys come up to you, and, and that has no effect. I didn't have that. I didn't get that with boys. You know, if I would have, that would have been fine with me. But little girls, they come up to you, and they just kind of look at you. My daughter still, Abby, was, yesterday she was trying to do that. She's, she's still trying to do that, and she's married to another man now, you know? <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, look, don't come up and ask me. Go ask your husband. It's not my, it's no longer, you know, I put your hand in his hand a long time ago, all right? But here's the thing is, is that we have to help them understand. And, and sometimes the way to show them that we love them and we care about them is we have to say no because the Holy Spirit is impressed upon us. Look at Philippians 1.10, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense until the day of Christ. Look, I'd much rather be right with the Lord knowing that my conscience is clear than to give in to my child who's, who's just begging me, Dad, can I this? Can, you know, look, the Holy Spirit has told me. Again, the children might not understand that, so that, that's when you go to the second area to test. Look, at not only test by the Spirit, but test by the Scriptures. See, this, the Word of God, the Scriptures, are and have always been God's standard for testing, even in the area of media. You know, use the Word of God to test. What does it say in 2 Timothy 2.22? Remember, if your children are saved, look at this. Flee also youthful what? Lust. It says here that follow righteousness. Look, teach your children to follow things that are right. Follow faith, charity, peace, 
uh, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That includes anything that they might do online. It's, it involves all those activities. So the Word of God is our standard. It's our standard for good. It's our standard for right. It's our standard for truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. There's a lot of things on media that are not true. Have you ever had a conversation, hopefully not with uh, your own children, but a lot of times I have conversations with people and they start telling me something and I'll say, now where are you getting this information? And they'll tell me that they got it online. And I'll say, now listen, who was that? And they'll tell me, and I'll say, now do you know this person? They don't have the foggiest idea who that person is. Uh, now, they'll say, well, it's Dr. So-and-so. What, what is his degree in? How long has he been a doctor? And the more questions I ask, I can see it on their face. Maybe I ought to go back and check into this a little bit more. So, look, I would much rather use something that is tested and proven itself. God's word is truth. And that's what our children need to understand is they need to, anything in their life, including media, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's not something good for us. So we need to test by the spirit, test by the scriptures. Notice letter C, test by sanctification. Test by sanctification. Now the word sanctification is a word in our lives that as we are saved, we are justified, then according to the word of God, we are being sanctified. The word means to be set apart. God has saved us, and he has set us apart for a sacred use. And that's what they need to understand, is that you, as a parent, need to help them understand that certain forms of media, certain technologies are not going to help them to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. It's actually going to pull them away from God. They need to see this in their lives. Look at Ephesians 5 and verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness... Or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. God says, look, there's just some things that don't belong in your life. And how do many of these things come? They come by way of media. They come into our lives. And look, every day we're bombarded with pop-ups, commercials, things like that. And sometimes I'll look at something and I'll say, whoop, I don't need to be reading that. We have to be discerning. But remember, children are not discerning when it comes to certain things, and that's why God's given them parents. That's why you're in their life, is to help them understand. But if we sit and look at it, if we sit and listen to it, then our children see us doing that, and they think, hey, it must be okay. Mom and Dad do it. We cannot do that. We've got to test it by sanctification. Look what Paul wrote to those in Philippi. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. He says, make sure your lifestyle lines up with the Lord Jesus. If you are a Christian, live like a Christian. It says here that we should be becoming more like Christ. Look what Peter said, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ye ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness. Your children need to understand what a godly lifestyle is, what a holy lifestyle. If we're saved according to the word of God, we're called saints, holy ones. And they need to see this. Look, if they're not hearing this from you, they're not going to get it on social media. Social media doesn't talk about holiness. And they need to see the value, what God would have them to do now that they are children of God. And your parents, just like us, are not naturally holy people. 
We, we are not naturally that way. So this matter of sanctification is an ongoing process where God is helping us to become every day more and more like his dear son, Jesus. And so ask your child, you know, look, I don't, who, who pays if your child has a cell phone, who's paying for the cell phone bill? That's right, parents are. I don't think there's one thing wrong with a parent taking a child's cell phone and looking to see what apps and what media your children are on. I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Now, here's the other thing, though, is could your child ask you, hey, Dad, can I see your phone? What are you, what are you watching on your phone? What apps do you have on your phone? Because the things that they have on their phone should be things that are helping them to be more like Jesus. And if it's not, then there's a good chance maybe what you need to do is delete some things, block some things, or to help your child, you may just say, you know what, I think I'm just going to have to take your phone for a while. Now, I know that many of us would think, boy, my, my child will hate me. Well, they might for a while. But eventually they're going to realize what you did, you did because you love them. So the Bible says here, if we're going to help our children uh, avoid the dangers of media, we need to, according to the Word of God here in Ephesians 5, we need to prove some things. But then notice the next thing in verse number 11. Look at it, it says, have no fr uh, fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So secondly, not only prove, but reprove. You guys don't mind if I just teach the Bible this morning, right? I'm just going through Ephesians 5 this morning. Some of you are like, well, I didn't know Ephesians 5 right here was about media. Well, it is today. Because <laughs> I think it applies. I think it completely applies to media. And when you think about reproving something, here's what it means. It means you're going to gently correct something. Now, again, sometimes I, I, I have been guilty of handling things as a parent, and I don't hand, handle things as gently as I should. My wife reminds me of that all the time. You know, you have daughters and not sons. And, I, you know, God's given me a wonderful wife who helps me in these areas. But, look, we have to understand that sin, listen now, sin thrives in secrecy. That's, that's the arena that sin lives in is that the more secretive, the more sin thrives, grows. You with me this morning? And, and I think we're, we all understand that the, the internet, you know what it does? It gives the illusion of secrecy. Everybody thinks, hey, listen, I can, I can do this. My mom and dad don't know I'm in here on my phone doing this. And sin thrives in this. But the truth is, again, the, the, the internet is, is something, we've seen this even with major corporations in the news, that the internet is something that can be hacked into. I mean, every, about every couple months, some major corporation has been hacked into. There are just some people in this world that are too smart for their own britches. I mean, they, they, they can hack into, they've hacked into our government agencies. They've hacked into major corporations. Listen, if they can do that, guess what? They can hack into any one of our little old measly lives, right? They can hack into our lives, and young people just assume that what they're doing is secret. But what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for a, a, a major uh, dose of pain in their life, thinking that they can do things and, and be protected. But we have to help them understand that with media comes accountability. Remember what I told you about, you know, we had students posting stuff and things like that, is that somebody can go back and, you know, your employer could even go and check on 
your, your media and that. So, so how can we purpose to have no fellowship, as it says here, with darkness? How can we do this? Notice, first of all, one way we can purpose is by declaring our loyalty to Christ. You and I need to see that our loyalty and help our children understand that our loyalty is to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, Christians are tempted, we're tempted to, to encounter things online, but remember that if you're saved, you are a child of God. And children need to understand that they can't be loyal to Christ and have fellowship with things in the darkness. The two don't go together. Look at 1 Corinthians verse, 10, verse number 20 of chapter 10. Paul says, I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. And a lot of times Christians do that. They'll come, even, even sometimes when we observe the Lord's table, they'll come to church uh, maybe on a Sunday night when we do the Lord's table, and then Monday they go right out into the world and just do what they want to do. And God says, look, you can't live your life that way. We have to understand that our loyalty belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, and Christians can't have a questionable online life and expect to live a godly life along with that. You can't have it both ways, and what we need to do is choose to be loyal to Christ. I am a Christian, you are a Christian, and the things that we spend time with are the things that are going to influence us the most. Uh, you, know, and it, you know, nearness is likeness, somebody said years ago, and that means the books we read, the things we watch, the things, technology that we're a part of, all of those things are going to influence us, that what we're spending most of our time with. So how can we purpose to have no fellowship with darkness? Well, one way is to show our loyalty to Christ, we need to reprove and correct some things. And then notice letter B is also by refusing the advances of darkness. Again, every day the devil is putting things in front of us. He's trying to entice us. The Bible says, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Just say no. I don't have to give in to those things. You don't have to look at media to find things from the, from the dark side. I mean, listen... I'm not into it, and I, again, I'm not preaching on this, but I, I did some studying this week and even last week about some things, and, and again, I've heard and read many negative, bad reviews from a Christian perspective on even video gaming, games like Dungeons and Dragons, Tomb Raiders. Uh, these are games that are full of violence, they're full of evil things. Now, again, I'm not, if you've got them in your home, it's between you and the Lord, but I know this much, children, where do you think most of these, these teenagers and young adults that walk into these schools and just start shooting people, where do you think most of that starts? Through so many of these video games. The evil intent that they plant in the mind and in the heart of young people, sometimes it's questionable friendships. Uh, children have friendships with other people that have evil intentions, and again, they're spending time with them before long, they're just going right along with it. Have you seen on the news some of these, uh, some of these uh, and, and it's not always terrorists, sometimes it's just isolated inst instances right here in our country, and they interview the parent, and every time it's the same story, I had no idea. I didn't know he was into that. Uh, when he lived here at the house, he was a good little boy. 
somewhere along the way he got around the wrong crowd and and you know you think about this uh, how many look when children go online and i've seen a lot of these stories too they go online there's a lot of predators on social media you know and, and i'm glad that i never had to deal with something like that but i see so many parents whose hearts are broken because some grown man lured their daughter away from the safety of their home to some state, you know, miles and miles away, and, and really, they even interview the girl, and she's, but I love him. I, I want to be with him. And I'm thinking, sickos, you know, these people that are, that are preying on our children, and we have to refuse the advances of darkness, but then look at the thirdly, is we need to recognize the power of technology, and that's what we're talking about, is the danger of media, Proverbs 27, be thou diligent, and parents take this to heart, to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. They're your children. They're not mine. I'm not here to tell you how to raise them. I'm telling you that you need to look well to your children, to what God's put you over. Have conversations with your children. Know what they're watching on Netflix and other things that they're involved in. Give them guidance. Stay involved in areas of media activity. I'm not saying wipe it all out. I'm just saying know what your children are involved in because technology is powerful. You know, understand that it, there's a minefield out there that's trying to get your children's attention and what your children need because they're not discerning, they need parental oversight. They need a parent that loves them because Satan's working overtime. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to gain entrance into the minds of your children. Look at the verses here, 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and they're not. It says here, uh, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That word stronghold is an enemy fortress that's in our minds. It's something that gets a hold of them. Technology has become one of those strongholds, uh, you know, texting, playing video games late at night. We need to prove, as the Bible says, what is acceptable in the areas of technology, and we need to reprove what is not. And then look at number three, we need to protect our children. Protect them. Well, how do you protect a child? Remember, they don't need to be involved in things in the dark. So what do you do when it's dark? You turn the light on. You know, listen, I, I, a lot of times... I don't like it when it's dark, and so I'll go in there and throw the lights on. You ever notice, even if your kids aren't doing something wrong, you throw the lights on, and they're like, that's our human nature, isn't it? What happens when you're driving down the street, and the police car throws his lights on? Even if you're not speeding, right? So one way we can protect them is to throw the lights on. Well, how do we do that? God's word is light. Jesus is light. He says, I am the light of the world. And so again, it, it comes back to revealing true content well how do we do that with the word of god look at psalm 119 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path as christians we need to be strong in the word of god we need to be sensitive when it comes to this matter of darkness and if we don't understand something or your child doesn't understand something here's what you need to do take the word of god and shine some light on it say listen is this really something you should be involved in Parents who are educated with God's truth are able to discern what is good and evil. In those areas that, 
you know, and I've had this in my life. Sometimes when it comes to certain social medias, you know, even at my age, I've had to go to my children and say, can you explain this to me? Now, sometimes they explain some of them to me, and I'm like, that's stupid. You know, some of these things that, that somebody, and they're not bad things, but some of the, even my grown children, and, and they're like, Dad, you should get this. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. I don't need that. But we have to be discerning about this. Look at Ephesians 5 and verse 13. All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever, uh, for whatsoever doth not make, uh, make manifest is light, wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. In other words, if you don't understand it, educate yourself and then help your children to understand what they're, what they're looking at, what they're allowing into their lives, because Satan would love for Christian parents to just stick their head in the sand. And just say, listen, it's all innocent. You know, there's nothing big about it. I don't think it's going to hurt my children. But make no mistake, what is the devil trying to do? He's trying to destroy your, your children. The Bible says he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And that's what the devil wants to do. He's trying to destroy. So don't be ignorant of his advances. And his advances are in media. His advances are in technology. And we've got to recognize the power of the media monster. Now, again, you, you do whatever you feel, but I know one thing as a Christian, I would heed the warnings of the Word of God. And I would, I would first of all, prove some things if they're acceptable to the Lord. I would reprove some things. And then watch this. I'd spend the rest of my waking days protecting my children from things that are going to hurt them, harm them, or destroy their lives. All right? Next week, we're going to pick it up here. And I'm gonna, uh, the second part's going to be on taming the media monster. Some biblical things on how maybe we can approach the media and will help us to help our children, all right? Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. And I do thank you for the word of God. Lord, a lot of things to think about in the area of what is uh, trying to get our children's attention in this day and hour. And some of us have young children, some uh, children that are in their teens, some older children that are even adults. And I feel that being a parent never ends. We need to help our children through the minefield of technology, media. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment. Help us to walk circumspectly, that we would be wise and not fools. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.